You're listening to highlights from the Creative Process Interview with Julian Fleischer. This podcast is supported by the Jan Michalski Foundation. This was an idea that popped into my head one day when she and I were having drinks and laughing and talking. I forget the song that was playing over the speakers, but she said, oh, I love the bridge of this song. And I said, you know, back in the day of Tin Pan Alley, which was the golden era of American popular songwriting, they called the bridge of a song the release because that was the section of the song that went in a different direction from where the rest of the song was going. So the first couple of verses would create a repetitive sense of tension, and then the bridge would take you somewhere new, and that's why they called it a release. She just loved that so that just sort of started a conversation between the two of us about the secrets of each other's work what are the the basic underpinnings and the structures behind songs that might resemble making food and the more we talked the more we realized there were all these analogs between our two crafts big band is not really a gimmick it's more like a brand I guess Mm -hmm. something that people identify me with Mm -hmm. my arrangements really it's my arrangements they know that they're gonna hear songs that they know and love but recontextualized and reinterpreted in a way that's both fun and I hope smart Last year, I partnered with this wonderful clothing designer in New York. Her name is Elise Fife, and she makes men's clothing. She and I have collaborated well. I told her what I wanted, and she made it on a pair of sparkly suits that I really, 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 really love that are very flashy and fun and are interpretations of very conservative silhouettes, but done in very flashy material. I love that, the juxtaposition of something very simple and old-fashioned with something very flashy and new. So the visuals are very, very important to me and always have been, and I know that audiences expect that. They want something special. This isn't, you know, emo rock and roll where you show up in jeans and a ripped t-shirt. It's this experience, as I say, and everyone experiences the world we're here at Five Senses, the different senses, some are stronger and different people. And I like that you work with a fashion designer because we should feel music as we walk. So if we can think about music, we can feel jazzy, to have a spirit, you know, that's really nice. I met with Itamar, who runs this festival, maybe a year ago. I said to him, I need some help. I need to figure out what to do with my life. So we sat down at a restaurant, and I took out a napkin and a pen, and we started to talk about what mattered to me and what I thought would be an interesting thing to pursue, what would be meaningful, not just to me, but maybe to other people. Over the years, I've had careers as an actor. I've had a career as a writer. I wrote books for many, many years. I've been a singer, a songwriter, a record producer, a radio host. When I looked at the whole drawing on the napkin and I tried to ask myself, what unifies all of these things? And it came down to songs. I was just like, wow, songs really are at the heart of all of these pursuits. Something about songs really matters to me. In the same way that some people believe in Jesus Christ and they can't really get through the day without connecting with that figure. That's how I am about songs. They are the fuel for me. very eclectic tastes and when you decide to sing jazz quote-unquote jazz which I'm not really strictly speaking a jazz singer you're sort of automatically relegated to a a canon of music that you're expected to sing and I very badly wanted to get out of that I wanted to 
be a jazz singer, but I wanted to sing Tony Mitchell. And you brought in I Will Survive, so these are not standards. Not standards, but I uh -huh. think should be. Yeah. I actually think I Will Survive is a great American standard. Yeah. We just don't think of it that way because it came up through the disco era, which is largely an era that was dismissed as frivolous. Mm -hmm. But some of my favorite songs come from disco. And I Will Survive, once again, if you slow it down and really think about it, it's a very sophisticated song. The lyrics are wonderful. Yeah, we've... If Johnny Mercer had written those lyrics, I don't think anybody would be sitting there going like, oh, well, lesser Johnny Mercer lyrics. So tonight I'm going to do this version of Hotel California that I mash up with Grieg's Piano Concerto. The chord changes underneath the Grieg Piano Concerto and the chord changes underneath Hotel California are very similar. And the quality of the music is very spooky uh -huh. and very full of dread and mystery. The Greek really sets up Hotel California very well if you slow down Hotel California mm -hmm. and then really, really punch up the lyrics for people. I can say, I think, without sounding immodest, real success with that in my live performances because people are like, oh man, that's a really cool song. Yeah. And it's almost like you're adding a layer of respect to it by saying, I can do it again. This song can take a beating, and it's still going to come out great. And there's something about being able to sing a song that you don't know you know. That's yes. why I often when I talk about songs, I say great songs contain some kind of DNA that gets passed on from generations before us and through us into the next generation that tell us like a little bit about who we are. Like our actual DNA tells us who we are, tells us we're going to have brown hair, we're going to have, you know, pink skin or whatever it is. This is what our DNA determines we will be like. But there's other kinds of DNA. There's cultural DNA, there's spiritual DNA, there's psychic DNA. And I think songs contain that DNA that tell us where we've been and where we're going. Does that make sense? Of course. So if you look at the American Songbook, if you look at those points, those key songs, that you can rewrite the history. Yeah. Or it can be on a personal note, uh, it can be their biography, right. like that. Exactly. People say, oh, that's our song. Remember that? That was yes. the night we met. And you know, interesting books have been like woven together around songs. So it's an interesting thing because it really is a cultural moments and we can shape stories around them. Yes, I, I think it's important to note that there's not a single meaningful event in any of our lives that isn't marked by us. It's storytelling, really, uh -huh. and that's what I think is one of the basic things that matches up a meal with a song, is that there's ultimately some kind of story being told. There's a beginning, a middle, and an end. And that's why she and I talked about, or want to talk more about, like the sections, like appetizer, you know, main course, dessert, opening verse, chorus, refrain, you know, like oh, yeah. these things. And there are callbacks, you know, a great cook can, in dessert, refer back to what happened at the opening meal. They always, not always, but often, like, will put a visual representation on the plate of something that's in the meal. Mm -hmm. It's in the food. There may be like a, a lemon wedge yes. next to your chicken that was cooked with lemon, what I, is what I'm saying. So there are ways that chefs and songwriters are doing very similar things. They're yes. using layers and cross sections and structure to deepen the storytelling and to make it more resonant and matter more and stay with you longer after it's over. I have a show that I do with my yeah. band called 1975 because in my humble estimation, 
that is the greatest year in American popular music. The old masters were still sort of in the mix, the Cole Porters, the Ellingtons, the Gershwins, their songs were still a really important part of popular music. They weren't museum pieces yet, but also you still, you had the rise of singer-songwriters, the James Taylors and Joni Mitchells and Carly Simons and Joan Armatradings. And then you had funk, R&B and soul. You know, at, at the height of its powers, you know, you had Aretha and, and Stevie Wonder and Earth, Wind & Fire and Otis Redding and, and George Benson. So you had this flowering of all these thrilling, exciting, really personal kinds of music, and none of them ever used digital technology. Songs have a natural power to pull people together. So I do think that songs can save us if we sing them. We hope you've enjoyed listening to these highlights. To listen to the latest episodes or learn more about participating in exhibitions or interviews, click on subscribe. Thank you for listening.